liberty. But today, as we reflect on those terms, I want us to really think personally and to think as deep as we can about things like freedom and liberty and God's presence. See, today is day one of our new service series, The Promise of God's Presence. And we're going to be talking about huge, big ideas, as big as God's presence can be. Liberty, victory, comfort, and conviction as this month progresses. And I believe and I trust that God is going to make a move today. And I also believe and trust that people are going to make a move today. Because as we talk about liberty and freedom, we have to realize the current situation. We have to realize and confess the current situation in our lives, which is how we interact and deal with this. See, this is not good. It's not good. See, this is something that ruins us. This sin. Traps us. See, this sin traps us. And we're, we're, we're bonded to it in many ways. And sometimes we, we think that our own willpower can just get us away from it. But in reality, it was our will many times that put us here in the first place. It was our will and our decisions and our choices that put us here. The decision that I made. The choice that I made. A conscious choice. A deliberate choice. Something I desired. Something that was so tempting that I couldn't resist. And I didn't resist. And here I am. And here we are, in many ways, in many circumstances, here we are. But as, I, as I'm here, but as I'm here, as, as I'm stuck with this, as I try to pull away and I just can't resist it and, I, and, I, and I'm connected and I'm, I'm, I'm just stuck, I have to change my desire. I have to want something else. I have to want someone else. See, I desire, I want to be free. And God in his goodness sets me free and releases me. And He comes into my life as I ask him to, and he breaks that chain. He uncuffs me from this, and he begs me to come with him and follow him. And I, I, I do, but I don't. And I, 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 I really, I think I do. I think, I, or maybe, 
Maybe, maybe not. Or, I don't, I, I don't know. I just. And I'm stuck again. I'm stuck again. I mean, I, I did it right one time. I did it right once. But it's just something just draws me this way. And I find myself bonded and stuck yet again. Yet again. But I'll tell you this. It's only in the presence of God. It's only in his presence that I can be free and live a life of liberty. And he comes again. But this time... This time, I'm trusting him. And he carries me through in liberty. Liberty. It's a beautiful word. It's our topic today. It's the name of this building. Liberty. See, the presence of God in a human life. This is liberty. Freedom. Liberty. In fact, my favorite word in the English language, my favorite word, it's the best word in my view, is the word free. It's my favorite word. If anyone asks, hey, what's your favorite word? Mine is free. F-R-E-E, free. Can you just say it with me, everyone? Just Free. One more time. One more time. Free. It's the best word and and it's the best price too. Can I get an amen? Freedom. I love it. Liberty. I love it. And it is something that I desire and that I want. And I know I'm not alone. However, however, On this day where we reflect on these principles, these ideas, these concepts, we really have to dig in to what it means. We can say words like freedom and liberty. We can say these words all the time. But let's not let the familiarity or the annual holiday make us just think we got it down. Because in reality, this is something that we need to reflect on each day. This is something we need to think about each day, not on Independence Day, not only that, but just the nature of liberty and freedom. This is something we got to think about, especially in a life in Christ. This is something that needs to be reflected upon. Freedom, liberty. What does it mean to be free? I mean, really, really, what does it mean to be free? In American context, we have a saying, and it's a saying that honestly has 
started and grown over the past 20 years. And the statement is, freedom isn't free. We say that, freedom isn't free. Now, when we say that, and when it comes up, it's sometimes in the context of like military service, for example. Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Armed Forces Day, Independence Day. Freedom's not free, reflecting on people of military service who were killed in action, died in combat. We, we reflect on that and say, okay, freedom isn't free. But in Christ, it's not the same. It's not the same, though. It's not the same. It's not the same as in the American context. It's different. There's parts of it that are significantly different when we say freedom isn't free when we're talking about in Christ. And it's much more than something like military service. It's greater. It's bigger than that because it's from God. It's bigger than that. You see, in Christ, freedom isn't free because, because with freedom comes responsibility. With freedom comes responsibility. With freedom comes a certain discipline that is needed. See, in bondage, being trapped, like how I was chained to this box, in bondage, there's no freedom. There's no freedom. But inviting God into your life, pledging your allegiance to him, can set you free. But as I want to really convey, it's easy to just go back. It's easy to go back into sin and bondage. It's easy. It's easy. Because when God leads you, he's leading you to a place where you might not know where he's going. You might not know what it is that he's leading you to who he's leading you to, where he's leading you to. You might not know. You might not know. But what really makes that decision better is knowing who he is, is knowing who he is and immersing yourself in his presence so you know who he is because it's only then where you can trust him. You trust him to lead you no matter what and no matter where. It's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. See, on the other side of bondage is liberty. Is liberty. There's something else that's on the other side of it. And when we say freedom isn't free, we have to understand something that's really important, that's really crucial and important, is that I, I, and I know many people here too, have to understand something about ourselves. Very important that we have to understand something about ourselves. This is personal. I'm talking right to, just down to the individual level, something very personal to you in your deep heart. See, what I can say with full conviction and clarity and 100% is that I am a freed man. I am a freed man. Now, pay attention to what I said. I am a freed man, a freed man. But what I have to ask myself, and what we all need to ask ourselves, is am I living in freedom? It's one thing to be set free. That's one thing. It's another thing to live a life of freedom. And 
what happens often, and let's, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. In American church context, we've gotten very good at the setting free part. We have big events, huge events, and things like that. And those are amazing events where people make a decision. But what we really need to focus on as well is what happens after that? What happens after that? What happens? What, what does it mean to live a free life? What does that even mean? And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes it sounds so big that it's almost overwhelming. Like what, 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 what does it mean? What is, what is that about? Can someone show me? Can someone demonstrate that for me? I want to know. I want to know. You see, I was 16 years old when I pledged my allegiance to Christ. I was 16 years old. I was at a huge event. And I heard a story about a woman at a well. And that story, it, it got me. It got me. That story just got me. It just got me just so deep how this woman came to a well with all her sin, all her baggage, and, and the chaos of her life. And Jesus has this conversation with her. And they have this whole conversation about what it means to really worship God and pledge your allegiance to him and to really dig into that. And I heard that story. And there was an altar call. And there was an altar call. And I went up and I just, I, I felt the freedom. I felt the freedom because I made a decision. I pledged my allegiance to Christ. And I know I'm not alone in this room. I know I'm not alone with everyone watching. I know p- plenty of us have done that. I know plenty of us have done that and made that decision. Now that was 20 some odd years ago. And I'll tell you what I've learned in those years. I've learned that living in freedom requires a fight. It requires a fight. I have to fight every day, every moment of every day to maintain my freedom. Every day I have to fight to maintain my freedom. I know I've been freed, but I have to ask myself, am I living free? Am I living in liberty? What really changed in my life? What's really changed in yours? What's truly changed aside from showing up to a specific location on a Sunday morning? What has really changed? What is the heart of freedom and liberty? You see this right here? This wants to rob you of your freedom and your liberty. Sin, rebellion against God, complete moral failure robs us of our liberty. And also, let me tell you this, it robs you of your very humanity. It transforms you into something that's so terrible and so, so down that you just, you just become so just dirty and messy and broken. But we have to understand that that's something that we choose to be. That's something that I choose to be. In the moment of decision, in the moment of temptation, I can succumb and I can think, you know what? All this God stuff, whatever. And it hurts. Not only am I hurting myself, but I'm hurting you. I'm hurting you. Think about it. In a true community, my sin is your problem and your sin is my problem. 
What I do to hurt myself can also hurt you. What you do to hurt yourself can also hurt me. Because there can be a moment where you and I have it out. There could be a moment where you make a decision and through your decision making, someone else is hurt. Someone else has to bear the burden of your sin and your decision because that's what you did. Parents, we have a lot of freedom and a lot of authority with our children, but we also have a ton of responsibility, a ton of responsibility. And what you do and how you live directly affects your children's life, directly, financially, morally. Their very safety can depend on what you do or do not do as a parent. If you're an employer, your decisions directly infect your employees. Your employee can be the best. You can be the best employee. But if your employer is making certain decisions, that can hurt you. If your employer compromises in certain ways and the business goes under, you're out of work. You might not have done anything wrong. You might be the best employee. But someone else's decisions, someone else's sin, directly affects your life. As the old saying goes, no man is an island. No one is separate unto themselves and just stays in that position. It's true. I know we love individualism in many ways. But in truth, a lot of decisions that are made directly affect your life and my life. My own personal decisions and what I do or don't do, it's not just private to me. It's not. And your decisions are not just private to you. The bondage that you're in, the chains that you're, on, that you're connected to, that hurts others. It hurts other people. And you're only hurting yourself? No. You're hurting yourself and others. So what can be done? What can be done? It's a decision. And I'll tell you this. The decision is shown to us with this. With this here. The cross is the doorway to liberty. The cross is the doorway to liberty. But don't just stop at the doorway. See, the doorway means that there's something on the other side, like I said before. On the other side of bondage is liberty. Now, some of us need to make the decision for the first time to enter through the doorway. Others of us have to remind ourselves that way back years ago, we went through that doorway. And what we really need to ask ourselves is, have you gone back the other way? Have you come back through the other side to this part? Have you? Will you? It's easy to to make the right statements here. But out there, that's where the real test is. The real test is, am I living a free life? I'm a freed man. You might be a freed man or a freed woman. But are you living freely? Now, I'm going to tell you four things of what a life of freedom is like. I'm going to tell you four things of what a life of freedom is like. See, a, a free life is a faithful life. A free life is a faithful life. 
To be faithful means not only that you made a decision, but that every day you're living the decision that you've made. Every day you have to know that the test is whether or not you are going to be faithful. You are go- whether or not you're going to be honoring your commitment or not. Every single day. Now, let's get personal about it. Simple, we could do some simple examples. Going to work. I know it's 4th of July. I don't want to think about Monday. I know. I get it. But going to work. Are you faithful in your responsibilities at work? Because, see, the freedom that's given to you to have employment means there's a responsibility that comes with it to be a, an excellent employee, to do the work thoroughly, to not get halfway on it, but no, to really do what you have to do in your responsibilities. It's a faithful life. And when you see someone who's living a faithful life, you see the freedom. You see the freedom. Dependability. It's something that when, when you know that someone's just going to be there, when they say they're going to be there, Wow, that person, it's just there's something about them, right? There's something about them. They just have something. They just seem like they're not chained up by anything. There's just something, something about that. There's even something about that if the person is consistently there, even if they call ahead of time and say, hey, I'm running late, you're like, well, you know what? That, 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 that's good. At least I know. At least they let me know about it because they want to be faithful. Marriage is a commitment to be faithful. Marriage is a commitment to honor the other person and be faithful. That's what marriage is all about. And two free people who bond themselves together to create a life of freedom for themselves and for others in a household, that's a beautiful thing. But be careful because you have to be faithful. You have to honor each other. You have to be faithful. And if one person is chained and the other person is free, it's a compromised household. And we have to think about that too. What I do affects my wife. What my wife does affects me. I'm not just running solo here. I'm not. And I have to honor that commitment every single day, whether she's around or not. Whether I'm around or not. That's how it goes. A free life is a faithful life. Something that requires the discipline and the responsibility that comes with liberty. The next one, a free life is a generous life. A generous life. Have you you ever experienced generosity? Have you ever experienced generosity? It is humbling. Because generosity means, hey, I'm giving you something that you don't have. I'm giving you something that you don't have. But here's the thing with generosity. I'm giving you something that you don't have, that you need, and you don't owe me. And you don't owe me. See, anybody can give something. Anybody. Anybody can give, whether they're in the covenant of God or not. Anybody can give something, but not everyone gives something without expecting something back. Generosity. I was transferred to a new school and I was going to teach sixth grade. I taught high school for seven years. 
I was going to go now into middle school. I was like, oh, man, I got nothing. I got nothing for sixth grade. I have nothing for these history units. Like, I, I, I have nothing here. I have all this other stuff from high school. And I'm looking through my stuff. Oh, man, I got to buy all this. I got to do, oh, man, well, like, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting at a, uh, a little professional development we had. And the person that's running the development, we're working on some Microsoft things. And they look at my name and they say, oh, Elliot, oh, I, hey, you're replacing me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Talk and everything like that. And, and uh, she, she gives me the, the whole rundown, says, hey, you know, like I'm in this room. You know, this is, this is the room. She shows me the schedule, how it's going to be, stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. She goes, yeah, go check it out when you want to. Go check out the room. So I walk in the room. Now, mind you, school starts in about like two weeks, maybe less at that time, if I remember correctly. I walk into the room, and the room is full. Posters, cabinets, cabinets the, the whole width of this platform. I open them filled with items, filled with teaching items, everything from markers and pens and notebooks and all that to full binders, like three-inch binders of curriculum and worksheets and all these different things. And I was like, man, this shit got a lot of stuff in here. So I, I go up to her, and her name is uh, Katie, and I go, I go hey, hey, Katie, uh, you want some help cleaning up your room? Uh, do, you want, do you want some help with it? You know, I can help you out, no big deal, whatever. And she looks at me and goes, oh, no, Elliot, that's all for you. That's all for you. I go, wait, wait. But that's all for you. She goes, no, no, no. Listen, I'm not classroom teaching anymore. I'm going to be a tech coach now. And I just, you know, whoever's the next teacher, that, that, that's, 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 that's all for you. It was humbling. It was humbling. It was humbling because it would be easy for her to just keep it. It would be easy for her to give it to I mean, she worked with some colleagues for over 10 years in that same building. She could have just said, hey, come in the room, grab what you want. But she said, no, I'm going to leave it for the next teacher, whoever that is. doesn't matter who it is. So I walk in there. She says to Elliot, that's, that's it's all for you. Generosity. That's freedom. She's not possessed by possessions. She is willing to just give and not say, hey, I need this. Or you can only do this section, but this is all my section. It was the full thing. I'm talking everything. A wall covered with different posters. All the materials I, I needed. I didn't buy a thing. Unless it was something that I specifically wanted. But the basics covered. That's a life of freedom. Generosity. That's a life that lives in the freedom to say, here. Take it. Take what you need. Just take, just take, no questions asked. No questions asked. No debt, no bills. Just take it. Free. Humbling story. And if you've experienced something like that, you know that there's something that kind of churns within you in that moment. You're like, wait a minute. Could I do that? Could I do that? Would I be willing to give generously without thinking like, I'm going to give it to you, but you know, you got to send some my way too. Or is that a life of bondage? Possessed by possessions or a a desiring for respect at the cost of generosity. It's something to think about. 
It's something to really think about in our own hearts. In our own hearts. Third one, a free life. And this piggybacks with the second one. A free life is an influential life. It's an influential life. See, sometimes we think that influence is usually bad. But let me tell you the truth. All of us, all of us, every one of us is influenced. We all have influences. We all have influences, people that speak into our lives, even people we don't know personally that we see. For example, the Olympics are coming up. There's going to be a lot of influence. We'll see who wins gold, and that will start a whole chain of athletes trying to emulate what that athlete did. It's influence. It's influence. Social media, influencers, we look at certain things, we say, oh, that's a, you know, that's a great idea for my house. It's a great idea for my house. Until you see how much it costs, then... Wait, okay, what colors do I have that can be similar to that for less? All right, yeah, let's go with that. That's how I feel, at least. Influence is not necessarily a bad thing. Depends on what the influence is. That's why we say things like so-and-so or such-and-such is a bad influence. Make a value judgment. But the question, really, about a life of freedom is this. We're all influenced, but are you influential? Are you influential? Years ago, when I was doing the Bridge Youth Ministry, years ago, I had a, 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 a volunteer... This, uh, this young lady, she was in high school, and she said, uh, you know, Ellie, I have a question that I'm not really sure about. And I said, oh, go ahead. And she says, is it okay for me to have non-Christian friends? And I said, yeah. In fact, I would say, go so far to say, you should, because who are you witnessing to then? Who are you witnessing to? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I said, but be careful. Be careful, though. Because in relationships, many times, even friendships, someone is the influencer and someone's influenced. But you have to filter that out to think, okay, wait a minute, though. Am I being negatively influenced by a non-Christian friend? Or am I the one influencing them? And you got to be wise about it, too. You got to be wise about it. You have to think about what you're taking in and filter it. But then you also have to think, what can I do in my job? What can I do in my family to be the influencer? What can you do? Now, parents, again, you know when your child comes home and they say something and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't talk like that. We don't talk like that. Where'd you hear that from? And they tell you, and you're like, okay, influence. But in an adult example, it could be the same thing. It's not just for children. It could be the same thing. You can connect with someone and be influenced by them. But I want to ask you today, are you living in the freedom to be the influencer? Are you influential? Are you speaking into someone's life because you're free and you see them in their bondage? And you then have the responsibility to testify to them, to bring them along to Christ. Some of us are afraid to do that, if we're honest about it. Some of us are afraid to be the influencer. And we'd rather coast and just stay under the radar. But I ask you, is that a life of freedom, though? 
a free life is an influential life. And we have that in our own lives. We see someone who's free and we say, wow, you know what? That's inspiring. And I want to be like that. You can, if you're free, if you're in a life of liberty. Fourth one, a free life is a life of love. A free life is a life of love. What if God is watching? And God is watching to see whether or not you use your freedom in love. Furthermore, what if God is judging you on whether or not you use your freedom in love? So this is an example that Jesus taught. And this is in Matthew 18, starting in verse 23. And I love this parable. I love this parable. Because this parable, it challenges you to be a person of action. And not just a person of thought. Or not just a person that just withholds everything in. It challenges you. And it's, this parable goes by many names. I mean, one name that's easy to remember is the selfish servant. And it goes like this. Now, Jesus just set the context of who he's talking to. He's talking with his disciples. He's teaching them. He's teaching the, the group. And he's talking about things like forgiveness, things like mercy. And they're asking questions to him. And he brings up this lesson. Now, check this out. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, it's important detail, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, right, he'd have 10,000 bags of gold just ready to go under the mattress. Since he was not able to pay the master order that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay that debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Now watch this. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Let him go. Here, Elliot, this is all for you. Just take it. Just go. Just go. But, you know what but means, right? You know what but means, right? That means everything that happened before is about to get canceled. Everything that's before is about to be negated by rules of grammar. But, here comes the lesson. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants. That's a peer. That's a peer. Who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now, wait a minute. Watch the details. 10,000 bags of gold. 100 silver coins. That's not equal. That's not equal. That's not equal. Owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay me what you owe me. He demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged. This sounds familiar. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. Isn't that what the first servant said? Please, 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 please. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Wow. 
When the other servants saw what, he had, what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that, would ha- that had happened. Then the master called his servant in and said, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how you have this. Now Jesus cuts in. This is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, this is a strong message. You had someone who owed, someone who was dead to rights. They said, please, 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 I beg you. And they received mercy. But what did they do? They took it for themselves and said, oh, Thanks. But then when a situation went down where they now could exercise mercy, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. It seems like they missed the lesson of love. Is that when you receive love, you're so full of it that it pours out of you, you have to give love back. Love is not something just to hog and to just grab and just hold on to forever. It's something that is to be reciprocal. It's something that's supposed to be reciprocal. I love you and you love me and we are in love. That's why we say it like that. We are in it. We are in love. God in this story is showing us how he loves. But what breaks his heart is not only does the person act unmercifully, but that's an insult to God himself. It's an insult to God himself to the point where God is angry in this story because that first servant didn't show love to the other servant. That's what broke God's heart to the point where God had to execute his justice and say, no, no. There's a consequence for what you did. But what did he do? He didn't show love. He was freed from his bondage. Freed from his bondage. But he locked himself back into it by not showing love by not showing love. It's been said throughout the centuries that the way you know someone is in Christ is how they love. And I've talked to many people, and so have you, I'm sure. Someone acts unmercifully, someone acts unlovingly, but they claim to be in Christ. And you just, there's something wrong with that. There's just something not right there. There's something not right there. Is is that a life of freedom? Or is that a life of bondage? The apostle Paul had to teach this as well to the Galatian churches. And he said this. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, by bondage. You, brothers and sisters, have, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in flesh. Don't use it just selfishly. Don't make it about just you. Don't just, don't just say, well, I'm going to get mine. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve each other humbly 
For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. It's reciprocal. It's reciprocal. And it's a life of freedom. And that life of freedom with love is influential. And that freedom that comes with a life of love is something that is so influential and so just grand and so big that when we, when we have it, we just, we just feel like we have to give. And it's a life of generosity. And keeping that throughout your days is a faithful life. So I ask you, I ask you, are you living a life of freedom? Do you want to live a life of freedom? You have to know it. You have to check it in your own heart to determine, am I living that free life? Or am I like that servant? I've been freed, but I'm not free. I'm not living free. Jesus taught that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is chained to sin. Everyone. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. A slave has no permanent place in a family but a son, but a daughter. Belongs to the family forever. So I ask you, even if you've been a part of this for a long time, are you living free? Have you accepted sonship, daughterhood? Have you accepted these things in your heart? Like I said, it's a challenge for me too. Anytime I'm in temptation, I have to remember I'm free, 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 I'm free. I'm free. I've been set free. Now I have to live free. But it's a decision that you make. It's a decision that I make. For some of us in this room, it might be the first time. But I invite you right now into a time of conviction. And I invite you right now into a time of decision. We're about to join together in a song. But this song is not for entertainment. This song is for a decision. This song is for either a first-time decision or a renewed decision, which is going to be needed daily, which I need daily, every moment of every day. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. You are free indeed. You are a son or a daughter of God Almighty. But do you live a free life? It's time to make our decision. It's time to pledge our allegiance all over again. Are you free? This doesn't have to rule you. This doesn't have to rule you. See, what I've learned in this life, in this walk with God, is that you have to fight for your liberty. You have to fight for your liberty. See, this right here wants to rob you of your liberty. This wants to make you think that what was just said is a lie and it's not. 
in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. For that to be real, for that to be true, this here, this here, with these loose chains that are just yearning to be locked back to me. This can't be in my life anymore. That's a decision I have to make every moment of every day. You might have made it years ago. Years ago, you might have made it. You might have made it as a child, but now as an adult. Life's different, isn't it? It was easy then. But now, with the burdens of life, it just becomes a struggle, but you have to fight for it. The fight for your liberty. As an American revolutionary once said, give me liberty or give me death. I gotta make a choice. Liberty or death. Liberty or death. Liberty or death. What's your decision? Don't go it alone either. See, because on the other side of this is liberty, but we have to live a free life together. I'll tell you what has kept me in this life. Someone cared about me. And they brought me along. And I sat under their teaching. And I still do to this day. That's what keeps me in this life. This is how I learned about generosity. This is how I learned about faithfulness. This is how I learned about love. This is how I'm able to try to influence people's lives. Because I stand firm on it because someone brought me along. And we have many people here that can do that. But even if you're the one who's bringing people along, even if you're that mentor figure, you also need your mentors as well. You need someone to hold you accountable. You need someone to make sure that this stays dead. Because if you don't, it's easy for you to get chained back up. It's so easy. You have to fight for liberty. For liberty. And God wants to set you free. So when you leave here today, when you leave here today, remember that there's a decision that has to be made. There's a decision that has to be made from everyone. It's a decision every day. Are you going to be faithful? Are you living free? Are you going to live a free life? You've been freed, but are you free? Ask yourself, am I free though? Am I free? Am I free? Am I free? Let's pray. God Almighty, you set the captives free. In your presence, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, in our hearts today, whether this is the first time or the hundredth time, God, God, we raise our hands to you saying, set us free. Set us free. Set us free. We don't want to be bonded to the sin anymore in our lives. And we confess that as there. God, send people into our lives to hold us accountable. God, send people in our lives to lead us along the way. God, send people to help us. God, today, 
we choose liberty. Today, we choose freedom, not as an excuse to do as we will, but to do as you will. In the name of Jesus, thank you for this freedom, the freedom to live freely, to do your will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen.